You're listening to the Today's Conveyancer podcast, the leading source of information for residential property lawyers in England and Wales. Don't forget to subscribe and sign up to our free newsletter at todaysconveyancer.co.uk. You can also follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter. Hello and welcome along to this special edition of the Today's Conveyancer podcast. Uh, I'm joined today by Managing Director of Convey Law and Chairman at the Conveyancing Foundation, Lloyd Davis, and we're going to be talking about the Chancellor's decision to cut stamp duty. Thanks very much indeed for joining, Lloyd. Oh, thank you very much, David. Thank you for asking me to to come along. And And I've invited you particularly because I think it's fair to say, Lloyd, that you've been a vocal critic of the government's interventions with SDLT, not just this latest one, but also uh, the most recent ones uh, as the, in the self-styled holiday, in inverted commas. What's the issue? What, in your view, is the pitfall of this latest intervention? I think, look, I, first of all, you know, any th- any sort of tax cut can only be regarded as positive, and especially within the, the, the conveyancing industry. I think we're all hugely relieved that it is a permanent cut as opposed to a holiday. Um, I don't think anyone could uh, could take the sort of uh, the quarterly trauma that <laughs> the last holidays caused in uh, in 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 2021, which I know was was quite horrific for for all concerned. I think so. I think there is a very very positive spin on it. I mean, my concern is is that you know you know do we need it right at this very moment in time? Um, you know, we're already in a, in a situation, and I think most conveyancers and estate agents would say that, that you know we're in a we're in quite a hot market at the moment, uh, and we have been for the last couple of years. You know, I mean, most conveyances are struggling for capacity to take on more work and have had to to limit it. Um, you know, for quite some time, really. So the initial concern, I guess, is that you know we've got now another two hundred thousand people potentially next year who don't have to pay stamp duty. So they will add a stimulus to an already stimulated market. Um, I think, you know, that said, I think, you know, what we're seeing in the in the in the in the sort of worldwide picture and in terms of the British economy is something um, quite different because obviously we've heard a lot about recession uh, recently and certainly well, it's, it's been banded about probably for the last two years. And I just wanted to sort of, you know, recap a little bit because I'm not, I'm, I'm a little bit confused as to what is happening at the moment in the market. And I'm sure, I'm, uh, not so much in the market, but with sort of British politics and the Bank of England, and I'm sure everyone else is. We've got a situation where everyone's concerned about growth, but we haven't had a chance to grow, particularly over the last two and a half years, because obviously we've had the pandemic, we've come out of that, and then obviously we've had the war in the Ukraine. You know, as a result of the war in the Ukraine, obviously, you know, we've had this huge inflatory uh, fuel prices, which is affecting everyone. Um, Now, the government have acted very, uh, very well in that respect, I think, most recently to try and cut that back and reduce that inflation. And they're talking about reducing that by four to five percent, aren't they? So that it does come down to roughly where they need to be. Yeah. Um, the trouble we've got, I think, is with the government sort of constantly sort of looking at, you know, um, re-engaging us and trying to sort of stimulate the market. That's that's a good thing. I think it just needs to be left alone a little bit so that we can actually grow. I mean, I did hear last month, 
you know, an economist saying that um, we're in recession because we've had two bank holidays. And you kind of think, well, you know, oh, all right, but, you know, it, we should be looking a little bit longer term here. The economy hasn't had a chance to grow, right? We only came out of pandemic in March. And then obviously we've had the war and inflation and everything else. So I think given it enough time, it would grow on its own. And I think, you know, there's market forces are there to drive us forward. But as a sideline to that, um, that's happening at the moment, obviously, is with the Bank of England and interest rates increasing. And that's the hoodoo, I think, that we should be concerned about, because on the one hand, you've got this, you know, stamp duty um, situation, which is which is good and will stimulate us well into next year. But then you've got the, these interest rates coming in. And, you know, at the moment they're looking to, you know, they're, they're talking about increasing them again, aren't they? And sort of, you know, the, the projections are they'll get to three and a half, perhaps even four percent by next year. Now, that's going to have a significant impact on, on the housing industry, as it always does. And it seems to be contradictory because by raising interest rates, you're increasing household inflation because people have to pay that money, which means that they haven't got the money to invest and, you know, buy what they want, you know, to stimulate the, you know, the whole economy. So we're kind of like in that situation at the moment where on the one hand, they're, they're, they're giving us you know, um, and then on the other, they're taking away. So I, I don't, I don't really understand what is going on. There's a huge amount to un, unpicking all of that, Lloyd. Yeah. And I think it's fair to say that you know the, the, there is a real mixed bag in terms of of what's being delivered. Let me pick up with you on transaction volumes because that's a real indicator as to you know, what what's happening in the industry at any at any given time. Estate agents are reporting a fall in demand. Now, whether that's a normalisation or a fall is yet to be seen. What are you seeing at the instruction side of the business? Are you seeing any dip in instructions? No. Um, and no. <laughs> and we haven't for quite some time. And we've had to curtail instructions literally for, for well over 12 months um, you know, and we're very, very careful as the numbers that we bring in because otherwise oh, we just can't deal with it otherwise. And I think most, um, you know, responsible legal practices have been doing that for quite some time. But having spoken to others in the industry, because we don't tend to see the dip uh, at our end, you know, it's normally the estate agents that are sort of, you know, almost, you know, two or three, five months even behind, you know, with us, with, you know, what's happening. But again, you know, I'm I'm speaking to them, and they're, and they're not saying that the, the the property market is slowing down at the moment. I think I think you know I think it will come because I think with interest rates going up, affordability becomes less. You know, so you know, you you your first time buyers, great. You know, they won't be paying stamp duty. Can they afford the mortgage? That that has traditionally been the way that the Bank of England has tried to cool house prices. You know, house prices, I think, are, you know, are high at the moment. We've seen sort of a 17 percent, I think, increase in, house, yeah, in property yeah, prices right. over the last two years. And whereas you'd normally expect over that period for it to be about 10, 12 percent. So like, I think that there is going to be a natural sort of dip in house prices coming down as we see, obviously, interest rates go up, you know, curbing demand slightly, I think. I think also in terms of properties coming on the market, I mean, obviously at the start of the year, we were very much in a situation where there wasn't enough 
um, supply. There just weren't the properties coming on. I mean, having spoken to to individuals just um, yesterday, actually, and last week, um, in the estate agency world, you know, they're, they're not saying that to me. They're saying, actually, in certain pockets of the country, it's very, very high, it's as much as 200% more than what it was at the start of the year. And they've got, you know, different sort of things. You know, you've got people downsizing because of heating issues now, which is a different thing. So that's just starting to kick in, you know, six months after the start of the war. You've got the landlords obviously looking to exit at certain points because there's different legislation that's been brought in there. And they're also saying that people are still in that situation where you've got, um, they're able to work from home. So they need to work to, you know, find the right place to live, or they need a bigger property or, you know, they need a home office, etc. So all of those things are still working their way out. So I think even with the interest rates, you know, and as you know, with the, you know, the added stimulus with SDLT, I think we'll still see, you know, a very hot market going into next year, there will be a seasonal cooling. Um, as we do see every Christmas. So we've got October now to fill our boots and then November, December, it, it quietens down and it takes a little while to get going again in the new year. The uh, banks very quietly seemed or seemingly very quietly relaxed a lot of the rules around lending as well yeah. in, in the not too recent past. Yes. That's going to have an impact. Yeah, yeah, without, without a doubt. And I think, you know, that coupled with SDLT, um, you know, and the changes that have been made, the positive changes that have been made there, I would hope will keep us moving forward. But I, I do think, I mean, it's it's inevitable. I think if, if interest rates continue to climb as they are, and they're not very careful in terms of how they manage that process, then, you know, people just will not be able to afford to buy at the levels of the properties that they are, you know, and, and you know, that's as simple as it is and that's why we may see a little bit of a you know a quieter year next year i mean i think you know that, that there is i don't know i mean everyone bans the words recession around don't they and that's just you know something quite complicated in terms of how they sort of work things out but it does seem to be a measure on how well the property market is doing traditionally if that has done well then the economy is doing well um and it accounts for, I think, 20% of the actual economy, I think, the property market, which is quite something. Um, you know, so where we see that going over the course of the next sort of 12 months or so, or 18 months, regardless of any sort of recession, I think we've still got very low unemployment. I think there's, you know, three jobs to any one. We've probably not got enough people uh, of a certain sort of criteria who are able to sort of work in the jobs that we've got at the moment in this country. We haven't seen the end of, or the, even the impact of Brexit, probably, because we went straight into a pandemic. So, you know, the costs of materials are higher, aren't they? So I think all of these things will have an impact, but coming behind all of that is this 300 billion that the, the government have sort of thrown into the economy over the last two years in supporting businesses and individuals with furlough and everything else. And if people have enough money, they'll spend it. I think that that's the bottom line. You know, everyone likes to have a little cushion, but beyond that, they can't they can't wait to spend it. <laughs> and I don't, I think the economy hasn't grown because people haven't had a chance to spend it. You know, and you look at the, the situation with the airline flights. You know, people couldn't go on holiday again this year because they, you know, so like you've got all this impact, and this money will ultimately come through. So. 
if it is going to be a recession, it's going to be, I think it's going to be a technical recession. I think we will work our way through it, but I am the eternal optimist, Dave, you know, so you have to, <laughs> you have to take that into account as well. Tell us about your experience of trying to run not just a conveyancing organisation, but a business over this period of time, because in the course of the discussion already, we've talked about I don't know, 10, 12 things that are going to affect the economy over the next or have affected the economy over the last 12 months and will continue to affect the economy. Tell us about your experience of trying to run a business during this period. Yeah, it's been it's been challenging, but it's also been hugely rewarding, I guess. I mean, you know, uh, people being able to work from home has been um, a, a something of a revelation for us. We've got 170 people working for us at the moment and only 60 of them work in the office. Um, I think we've only got space for about 120 at the moment, which is so it's a good job. But, you know, what it has taught us is 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 trust. So, you know, we do trust our employees. We measure them extremely well, but they are able to work from home and that gives them more time, more flexibility throughout the day. So in many respects, it's been a great thing for them. It's been a great thing for the business and everyone seems to be happy. You know, I think they do need to come into the office every once in a while. We do encourage that more for their well-being and perspective than anything else. Most of the people that are working in the office are trainees, um, you know, and they do need that, you know, time to be there or they live on their own. So actually, they really do depend on the office for that for that sort of interaction. So, it, you know, it, it's been it's been, you know, a, a rewarding time in terms of being able to be uh, more flexible as an employer. We've increased the size of the business, so it's doubled. We've just opened a new office in Swansea as well. Um, and we've got plans for Cardiff for next year. So in terms of sort of um, allowing us to grow, it, it's, uh, it's, been, it's been quite fantastic, really, which is, which is the opposite almost of what you'd expect to have happened. Um, the challenges have been, I think, for, and this is this would be true of every conveyancing business, is, is managing capacity because that affects everything else. If you give people too much work, they can't cope with it. Clients become dissatisfied. You know, your, your workforce becomes dissatisfied. People leave. Um, and it's just, you know, so that is the key to, to everything, really. And it's been the biggest challenge because all lawyers hate turning away work. And I think actually we've all grown up over the last couple of years because we realised that, you know, we don't have to take every last case. We take the ones that we want to take with the well paid so we can reward our staff well and that, you know, we, we, we can manage the, the whole process for the clients extremely well. Which rather neatly leads me on to a question about fees, because a perennial issue in conveyancing. Have, have you increased your fees? Are you able mm. to do that? Yeah, it's always difficult. I think, you know, we have a lot of long-standing relationships with introducers of business um, and they have their own sort of chart as to what they want to charge. Most of them actually have increased their fees themselves because they have difficulty in allocating work. So they need to be at the top of the pile in terms of, you know, it's, it's gone it's gone the other way around, actually, compared to what it was, you know. Um, and again, that's supply and demand. There aren't enough good lawyers out there doing conveyancing. And so therefore, you know, they're increasing you know, the introducers are increasing their fees so that they can get the lawyers to do their work for them. Um, I think as well, I think we've been, um, you know, uh, very sort of structured in terms of how we charge clients. I think everyone has to actually sort of understand that they they have to charge for the work that they do. Um, and I think lawyers traditionally, especially when they're doing volume work, tend to forget that a little bit. 
Um, you know, and, you know, so it's like taking a car in for an MOT, isn't it? You don't expect to have four new tyres, you know, so if you have to have a lease extension, then you have to pay for it, you know, and I think, you know, it's easier in, you know, if you haven't got the mechanisms in place in the in the office to actually manage that billing process, then chances are you're going to be losing out. Um, but yes, we've certainly seen, seen our fees increase, and I think there's room for more movement there again, hopefully. Um, I think one of the biggest things that the industry has to come to terms with as well is, um, you know, this no move, no fee structure and, um, you know, it needs to be fault based, really. You know, I think if, if people are just deciding that they're, they're pulling out of a transaction six or, you know, 12 weeks in, then, you know, there has to be some repercussions as opposed to them walking away. <laughs> and I mean, I think that will make people think a little bit harder before they sort of get into that sort of situation, really. Going back to this additional demand then that's going to be created by a stamp duty cut do you see that transaction times are are going to extend from where they are are they going to stay where they are are they going to come down i mean yeah they've you've they've, talked about well, capacity we, as well haven't you yeah we've noticed that so we've noticed this year um transaction timelines have gone from 16 to 20 weeks um, and I think that that's, that's correct over the, the whole industry. And I think there's a number of reasons for that. I think, you know, the industry's catching its breath. Um, <laughs> I, you know, the, those, um, those quarterly deadlines for SDLT were very, very good at, at sort of focusing everyone on, <laughs> on being quicker. So, you know, they did have their benefits, a huge detrimental cost, I think, to well-being of everyone concerned. But, you know, without those deadlines, I think it's drifted a little bit. Um, and I think those capacity issues then are sort of creaking because the whole industry is creaking a little bit, I think. You know, we haven't sort of, um, that, you know, much of the industry hasn't embraced digitization, and you would think that every, every, you know, these timelines should be coming down, shouldn't you? But um, I think there's fundamental issues, perhaps with the process of conveyancing still that we need to address. So yeah, timelines are still way out. And I think that, you know, everyone is finding that. It doesn't help really. The faster we can get them through, the better. So crystal ball time. Uh, and, and you've only got a few minutes for this, Lloyd. I know. Uh, I know it could. This could go on for a little while. If you were put in charge of overhauling the home moving industry, this is a big, big job. What's uh, What's on your to do list? Yeah, oh, this is really easy, Dave. I don't need. I don't need a lot of time for this, right? So, I think you know what we what you need is you need a digital upgrade in terms of how we operate, and there's some easy wins there in terms of exchange of contracts how we send money on the day of completion or the day before completion, digital signatures, et cetera. And I think all of those things could come in very quickly. You need one protocol across, you know, solicitors, license conveyances, et cetera. So we're all operating to the same standards. The upfront provision of information at the point of marketing is critical. They had that right in HIPS. Um, we found now, even with a digital platform for onboarding clients, they still take three weeks to, to do it. So whether you send it out in the post or not, the only difference is, is that you're saving the postal time. They still take three weeks to get all of the information together. And of course, that adds three weeks on because we don't send it out until the point of sale as opposed to the point of marketing. So there is definitely uh, some time saving to be made there. I have issued a paper as well on vendor disclosure because... At the moment, with caveat emptor, bio beware, the, the seller solicitor throws the information at the purchaser solicitor without regard for whether or not all of the information is there, etc. And I think if there was greater emphasis uh, and ownership on behalf of the seller, and that could be a regulated ownership, 
that if they they have to send the correct documentations or they have to identify the documentation that was that was going to be relevant as a result of the inquiries that have been raised to the client etc at the point that they're issuing the contract and look for that information because half of our jobs as conveyances is actually finding information at the moment still um, so I think if there was greater emphasis on the, the vendor, the seller's solicitor or legal representative at that point, I think that again would identify issues that we could all deal with far quicker, reducing transaction times. And I think the rest then is is literally about responsible leadership, I guess, you know, which I think we are kind of learning. I think, you know, with capacities, with fees, et cetera, you know, and not giving people too much work staff well-being i think we've all done a huge amount of work in that respect and thank you for you know your hard work with today's conveyancer in supporting the be kind we care initiative um you know and i think that's brought those things to the fore as well so you know again i think you know that is something that i think we need to keep on building on really as as responsible employers and responsible individuals so there you go in a nutshell that's that's uh, that's it dave not too much to do that no <laughs> a couple of weeks work, I would imagine. I think it's fair to say that there's a fair amount to unpick in the discussion that we've had today. Clearly, there's a giveth and a taketh away element to what the government have done uh, in the last few days. Uh, and it remains to be seen what the impact of that is going to be on the on the industry. The consensus, from my point of view, seems to be that it will either keep demand as it is, which is still reasonably high, or it, or it will increase it. And in fact, in the hour after the announcement, Rightmove reported a 10% increase in traffic to the website, which is an astonishing figure. Nobody quite knows what's going to happen. But as uh, as you've said in, in your commentary, it, it's overstimulating an already stimulated market. Hopefully we've captured some of the sentiment around the industry. And I really, really appreciate you taking the time and joining me today, Lloyd. Thank you. No problem at all. Um, been an absolute pleasure as always, David. The Today's Conveyancer podcast is available on your preferred podcast provider. It's also available on todaysconveyancer.co.uk. My thanks to Lloyd. Thank you to you for listening. And we'll see you again soon. You're listening to the Today's Conveyancer podcast, the leading source of information for residential property lawyers in England and Wales. Don't forget to subscribe and sign up to our free newsletter at todaysconveyancer.co.uk. You can also follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter.